Can you guess why I haven't? Because I always play Because f- you've always played <laughs> fudge. <laughs> Don't turn this on me. <laughs> it's my lollipop. <laughs> Welcome to the Kindred Spirit Podcast, a show all about the board game Spirit Island. Here, we'll talk about analytics and strategies within the game, as well as a plethora of other topics that can be found within it. It's just me as usual, Ryan, with this other goober, <laughs> John. <laughs> and today we're getting into our hype list to find out which of the new spirits each one of us is going to play first. Ooh, I'm really excited. Me too. Hype list! Here it is! Okay, so I'm really excited for this one, and I'm going to try to curb my enthusiasm a little bit, only because so far we've talked a lot of things about the game, about us, memories memories of the game, but now we get to talk about some new stuff, and this is something I have no idea what your angle is on it. Sure, other things, other memories that we had with the game in our other episodes I may have heard of or heard of a little bit mentioned here before, but this is something that's truly new. And when it comes to Jagged Earth, I am just super excited about the whole aspect. And hey, and aspects uh, of Jagged Earth. We're not getting anyway, into that. So I'm how long have you been waiting? I can actually tell you the how exact long, date. the exact date that I had my hype list done. Now, I know that you had yours. Mine's been evolving as I've continued to play the game. And almost as I researched on the spirit, the more I learn, I'm like, oh, this guy looks even more cool, and I'll, like, bump him up. So Yeah, three months ago, okay. I, I had this list done. And uh, you've been excited about Jagged Earth yeah. years. It was, what, October of 2018? I was like, oh! <gasps> Oh my goodness, I need this, and I need it now. And I was like, when's it come out? When's it come out? It's like March 2020. No! That's okay. 2020 is going to be a great year. 2020 is going to be a great... Foot and mouth. (laughs) But no, and of course, it would have been earlier in the year if it weren't for Corona. So, now there's a few caveats here, a few things I want to say right off the bat. With this list, we want to do all of these guys... Each one of these guys, I cannot wait to get my hands on all of these guys. Seriously, I don't have a spirit currently that I hate or that I'm like, this guy is the worst. Or that you want to avoid. Or that I want to avoid. I really think that Eric and Greater Than Games has done a fantastic job with Spirit Island and the fact that they have done something that very few, if not no other companies, whether video games or board games, have ever done before. And that is they have made a cast of characters where not one of them is one that I don't want to play. Mm-hmm. Seriously, every single one of them is super thematic and super unique and super complex. I don't mean complex as far as difficult, but they're complicated and layered and they make sense and their mechanics are make sense with their lore and they fit. And it's just so... Oh, so it. if someone shuffled up all the player boards of the spirits and just gave you random... I would love it. Okay. Yep. As a human, I have my favorite preferences, defense. I like being defense, yeah. but that doesn't mean that I can't be awesome as an attacker. I think I've done very well with all strategies. I would like to consider myself a veteran of the game so much so to be effective as each of the different spirits. But, I mean, hey, we all have our favorites. One thing I had when I played the base game of Spirit Island was obviously there is a big cast of characters. Now, I know 12 isn't a big number. Like, oh, is 12 a big number? Depends. Fries in the bottom of my bag? No. No. Playable spirits in a board game? 
Yes. yes. Well, 12 was the number of people, and yes, I had the base game with all the promotional content and the branch branch and claw stuff. So I had 10 at the start and then got two more, but I had access to all the 12 pretty early on. I had this rule that I imposed for myself, which was I would not play the same spirit a second time until I have played every single spirit. So what this means is whenever I would play someone, I would go and play someone new in the next game. And in the game after that, I would play as someone anew again. Is this rule going to continue? This rule is one I will once again reinstate for myself. And I mean, people can play a board game however they want to do. But it forced me when I was a new player to see all the different play styles. It forced me to see all the different characters, what they could do, all their abilities. And I felt as if as a whole... It made me more efficient as a player because even when I was playing in co-op, I knew what other people could do because I'd played as them before. Even for myself, I knew what someone's weaknesses were and whatnot, just character knowledge. Honestly, if I really thought about it, the list of benefits that I received from just playing as everyone, everyone, is so long that it would probably take me a long time to come up with that list. My point being... I thought it was a really good idea before I started it, then I did it, and I really had it proven to me, to myself, that it was a good idea, and I'm going to do the same for Jagged Earth. Even though you're not a new player anymore. Nope. Okay. Nope. But, I mean, there's going to be times when you can... It's almost like we are new players again. At least when it comes to these spirits. Yeah, in a way, it's going to be kind of cool to be in those shoes again. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because you can never go back to being a true noob unless you've got, like, men in black flash in your face. (laughs) But it's going to be cool to have something new to sink your teeth into once again. New content, that shot in the arm. And so it's going to be fun. I'm excited. I also want to say that this isn't a tier list of who we think is like the most powerful coming out. Nope. This is simply a list, a top 12, so to speak, of who we are going to play like our priority of who we're going yeah. to play next. If you told me, I want to play this spirit because of its artwork, I'd be like, sure, that's fine. It looks great thematically. Mm-hmm. If you told me that was the only reasons, I'd be on board with it. It's not totally. about just like damage or right. who's the most powerful, most energy gain. And there are people that once we've seen these spirits from the internet and what they do in just this card or that card... You know, there's only so much that we can actually realistically consider and realistically predict about how successful we will be with these characters. I think we should get into that, what we're drawing our information on. Like, how do we come up with this list? Yep, and so our information that we've garnered... Gleaned? 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 (laughs) The information that we've gleaned about these new spirits that are coming in with Jagged Earth is from, honestly, anywhere we can find it. Kickstarter updates? So for me, it was Kickstarter updates. I got the most amount of them. We did get our hands on some... Print and play. Playtest copies. We did get our hands on beta versions yeah. of various people. And there was a lot of people out there on the internet that were willing to share what they had. I know that they discouraged that in the early stages of the game. But now that Jagged Earth is about to come out, I've noticed a plethora of people that are releasing their beta versions that they received. Yeah, And so from those beta versions of each of these characters... Obviously, we don't have all of them, but many of them we were able to see what they can do. And yes, I understand that these cards and boards we're looking at are not finalized, which is fine. I'm just simply saying before I had no information at all. Now with these, I have some information generally 
about what these guys can do, what their vibe is, yeah. how effective they're going to be. Play style. And so if it turns out that someone who we thought was going to be our favorite actually isn't our favorite, and in execution it's actually our number three guy who turns out to be our favorite, that's fine. It's a completely speculative list that we think these characters will be for us, and this is just who we're going to play first, who we're going to play second. So what we're going to do is we are going to go and start off with number 12s, I'm going to say my 12, then you can go and say your 12. Or do we care who goes first? You want to flip a coin, just want to alternate. I don't have a coin. You don't have a coin? I can cash up you 50 cents. (laughs) 25 cents. Flip that. I don't care. Point being, one of us is going to say our 12, then the other guy's going to do his 12, then 11, 11. We can alternate. Want to alternate? Sure, let's do that. All right. Let's do that. All right, so is that all of our preliminary statements out of the way? Are we sufficiently prepped? I think the listeners got the gist of what we're trying to do. I have been tentatively teased with this content for so long. I want to hear what you think. I know. I've just been tempted by this and teased with this content for so long now that I can finally dig in. Yes. All right, so... Here we are at... Oh, wait. What? I do have... What? I just remembered there is one final caveat, and that is there was a wrinkle with this hype list, and that is the print and play characters that were released by Greater Than Games. Officially. Officially. Which means that since they were official, we had their finalized boards, we had their finalized cards, we knew exactly what they could do and who these people were. As a result, we did a few games with these two. And these two I speak of are Shifting Memory of Ages and Finder of Paths Unseen. Now, if you remember the rule that I said, I cannot play someone again until I've played as everyone. So in this list, Finder and Memory are both on this list. And characters who I've played as before are going to automatically be the caboose of this list. And that's not because I don't want to play as them again, I dislike them, I hate them. It's not for any of those reasons. It's because, now that you know my rule that I can't play as them again, they are simply going to be the person I play dead last of this list of 12. Not because I dislike them, but because I've already played as them. So that means that some of these are going to be on the end when in reality... If I never played as them to begin with, they, might have been they may have been higher on my list. And that's a very big, important thing to clarify, because right as I was about to start, I looked over my list and I saw some of these guys at the bottom. I was like, wait, I never explained why these guys are at the bottom. Point being, there are people on this list that... We know you hate Finder. That was a long, <laughs> that was a long explanation no, of why you hate Finder. My, my point being, <laughs> my hype list when I made it three months ago has changed because of the print and play people that came out. Okay, there we go. There, I think, truly is my last clarification, my last statement of preparation. So, starting off with number 12 for me is... Shifting memory of ages. Wow, what a shock. You hate him. No, I don't hate him. Don't be that guy. Don't be that guy. Putting words in your mouth. So, shifting memory of ages, the reason why he's at the bottom is because I've already played as him. We did talk about briefly the game that I had with him. I really do like what this guy can do. The fact that this is a team buffer. This is a utility guy. The only other guy that's very dedicated to team buffing is Serpent. The only other spirit, when you look at their player boards on the front where it shows their summary of powers, 
The only other spirit that has very high utility, higher than any other thing, is Serpent Slumbering Beneath the Island. And now Shifting Memory of Ages is yet another. I should mention that Fractured Days Split the Sky probably has a high utility rating, but I haven't seen him yet. I haven't seen his board yet, so I'm not sure about the truth of the matter, but my gut is telling me that he's probably high in utility. But anyway, remains to be seen. So it's kind of interesting because when you help other people, it's hard to quantify just how that's going to take effect in the game how that's going to affect your current board game. Because you don't know in what way you're going to help them. Because if I give you a new card, or I let you get energy, it's up to you to really put that to use. Before the game starts, I can't really predict how that's going to affect the game. But when we look at what Shifting Memory of Ages can do, it's pretty awesome. This is someone who is a teacher. By teacher, I mean like an instructor. The lore of this guy is he's been through the cycle of dormancy and activity many times. And so this is like a veteran spirit. If everyone had a gimmick, oh, what's this guy's gimmick? Oh, he's fire. What's this guy's gimmick? Oh, he's water. What's this guy's gimmick? Oh, he's a veteran. This is your veteran spirit. This guy is really good at getting major powers without having to forget them, and he can allow other people to do that too. Which is a huge, that huge power. That is so cool. Wow. That is so awesome, and that's honestly what everyone wants to hear when they hear the words, oh, target spirit gains a major power. And? You're like, you're, and, and? And? Oh, that's it. Oh. Oh, but target spirit gains a major power. And, and, you can keep it without having to forget it. Yes! Yeah, huge. Because that's something that Serpent could do. And yes, I know that there are other cards that allow you to get a major power card without having to forget it, but... It's built into that's, him. What I just described is something that's not common. And so this guy can do it with ease. He has cards that he can do that with. Yes, Serpent can do it. And this is actually something that's kind of funny. This guy, as an innate, can do defense. And with one of his cards, can give you a major power so that you don't have to forget one. Serpent is the exact opposite. Mm -hmm. Serpent can defend and get someone a major power, but it's flipped. With his defense, it's a card. And with his gain a major power without forgetting it, it's an innate. So memory defends with an innate and teaches with a card. Whereas Serpent teaches with an innate and defends with a card. And with Serpent, don't you have to have your presence absorbed? Yeah, there's you have to get your innate. And with him, part of his innates are how many people he's absorbed. Yeah. Point being, I just think it's kind of apropos. Is it fitting that mm -hmm. they can do the same thing, but just a different way? So, shifting memory, I'm not going to go this whole list. None of these are going to be an analysis. We're going to do our analyses of all of these spirits when the game actually comes out. I don't want to spend too much time doing that here. But this guy, as cool as getting a major power is, without having to forget one, his effectiveness kind of depends on the cards that are gained. You know what I mean? So what if you get complete crap, you know? Yeah. So he's Team Buffy. He does have defense. I haven't spoken to him about his defense. You mentioned it a little. He does a little bit of defense. His defense gets stronger. And that's something that's really cool. It still only goes in one spot, but the defense gets better the longer the game goes on. At level 1, it's defend 2. At level 2, it's defend 3. Man, and at level okay. 3, it's defend 2 per card in the invader's discard pile. I remember when we played, I was getting Defend 8, then yeah. Defend 10, Defend 12. And, and that's something that's game, pretty cool. That's I huge. love the thematic reasoning behind that. It's because the more he observes, the better he can defend. Mm -hmm. 
And so this guy, he's a bit of a mixed bag for me. He's primarily Team Buffy with some defense and, you know, keeping Dahan alive. And he can go and look at the top card of the Fear deck. That's something that, as of right now, only Nightmare has been able to do. He has this cool mechanic where he can bank elements, and that's really unique. But this And guy, give elements. And give elements, which is really cool. So this guy has a few things that are new, but he doesn't really shake the game and make it completely different. He doesn't break the game. He doesn't break the game. <laughs> but anyway, that is my number 12, Shifting Memory of Ages. My turn, huh? Your turn, buddy. Number 12 is Finder of Paths Unseen. What? <laughs> I couldn't see this coming. <laughs> Again, already played the spirits, and it's so hard to like not talk and gush about Finder. I know. You're going to have to do your best to limit yourself. <laughs> it is one Spoiler of my... Spoiler alert, Finder is his favorite. It is, it is my favorite, because <laughs> I would say River's second favorite, just because I really like really? the control aspect. You do like your controllers. And River has damage, too, which is very cool, especially mm-hmm. closer to the coast. Mm-hmm. What is cool about Finder, I love the design, I love the arts, I love the presence track, how there's so many different options. I've played... And you start with six cards. You start with six cards, unheard of, the only spirit to do that. And I've played Finder, I don't know, four or five times, and I know I haven't even touched the different like growth tracks I could do. Or yeah. I can go for card plays. <laughs> growth track, oh my word. It's the like... first time I saw this guy's growth track, it looked like a bridge, an iron bridge with all the trusses and supports. There's so and many stuff. different options you can do. Like I just want to go card plays he- heavy. I could focus only on elements and trigger my nades like it's easy. Yeah. Or I can go for energy gain. It's like whatever you need the spirit to be, it can be other than mm. offense. Right. <laughs> Wait a minute. He's the only guy who has negative offense. Negative offense, which doesn't make sense. Right. The reason why it's negative, why it's listed as negative, is because he simply gets penalized Penalized. for using offense. But I wouldn't call getting penalized negative offense. It's in the same way that Trickster gets penalized for healing Blight. Mm -hmm. But is his defense literally negative? No. No, because Strife is a form of defense. He just gets penalized. So I can see the whole negative offense thing. I can laugh at that. I can roll my eyes and chuckle at that because that is pretty funny. Had Finder not been released, number one. Easy. Yeah. And I was excited about Finder. And I remember when they released Finder. Right. I he lost my he mind. He wasn't your favorite who you thought I would never be your planned favorite. on that. Right. That's true. I liked, you know, different. It changes on the day type of thing. Well, you start like tunneling and really rabbit holing yeah. on a spear. Like, well, I could do this and this. I remember when we were even talking about Jagged Earth and our excitement for all these new people. We were like, every day I have a new favorite. Yeah. I look at one guy. I see what he can do. I think this guy's my favorite next day. Look at another guy, a different guy. Look what he can do. Oh my word, this guy is totally my favorite. Yeah. Look at another guy the next day. Now it's oh my him. word, now this guy's my favorite. Yeah. <laughs> so. so we will get into analysis, so I don't want to limit like myself sure. like you said. Sure. Finder, I think, is capable of incredible things. Oh, geez. Yes. Really helpful for the team because you can move other right. presents. And his big thing is he can move cities. Move city Invaders. Just who, whatever invaders. Oh. That is huge. No one can do that. That is something that only he can do. Right. Now, other people can use cards to downgrade a city into a town or into explorers and then move those towns or explorers, but that's not the same as moving a city. It really helps problem-solve trouble areas, and he also needs the help of others. I think it's a very good cooperative spirit of, like, I'm going to do damage control. 
And yep. then hopefully someone can wipe this out because yep. I'm not very much on the offensive end of things. Yeah. And the things, isolate too. Yes, isolation. The things that this guy brings to the table, memory, we said that the things he brought new to Spirit Island were getting a major power without having to forget another one was something that we already had before. Banking elements is not something we've seen before. That was new. And is that pretty much it as far as brand new stuff for memory? Yeah. I mean, I think it is... Yeah, just banking elements and being able to share those elements. But still elements. very unique and cool. That's very unique and cool, but that was the new things that he brought to the table. Finder brought more than just one brand new thing to the table. This is someone who can move cities. That's completely new. We've never had anyone be penalized for damage. Mm-mm. Everyone can do damage. Everyone is encouraged to do damage. It's just other people can do damage better. Aside from Nightmare, of course, this is someone whose growth track was completely different. I mean, when you look at Starlight's growth track and you look at Finder's growth track, you, like, have a panic attack for a second. it's a little intimidating. It can be. And obviously, once you're used to it, it's fine. It's just, oh, and six cards. We've never had someone with a hand size that big. So moving cities, penalized for offense, a new presence track that's just ridiculous. That's connected, by the way, interconnected. We have seen a connected energy track and card play track before with Serpent. Yes. But we had never seen it done to this extent. You can even go backwards. You can go backwards, which is insane. So that was the third thing. And the fourth thing was someone with six. No one has ever had six starting cards. And I recommend, if you can, and have a printer, go out and print these two people that we're talking about. You can do it right now. Yeah, and play them, because they're a whole heck of a lot of fun. And the prepare elements, they give you, like, elements, tracks to, like... a helpful way to track it. And I'm super excited, by the way, for those new tokens that are coming in. I know, those There's new element tokens that you can actually physically place on your guy, so you can just remind yourself of what you have. Mm Mm-hmm. So, so there you go. That's Finder. It's my turn to do 11. And so there are our number 12. Shifting memory of ages for me and Finder, Finder paths for you. Scene. You know what I might do? I might write down your 12s as I go just so I can compare it. You know what I'm going to do? Not do that for you. <laughs> <laughs> that's too much work. You that's have hilarious. yours. I'll let you be. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well. 11. It is time for number 11. I think you can guess this for me. It is going to be Shifting Memory. And we've att- <laughs> we've both... Right. Yeah, so we've played Shifting Memory. I don't want to, like, rehash things that you spoke on, but I like the energy gain options that really benefit yeah. the major powers that you're going for well, with Memory. one that's, like, gain nine gain energy. Gain nine nine okay so say you gain a major power turn one the yeah. next turn do right nine out of energy. the bat boom you can use it which is crazy maybe that's something that we should say the two new things he brings to the table this is a major power user shifting memory of ages he is a major power user like him and he can go right out of the gate very explosively given the right card draws this could be one of the most powerful spirits in the game definitely, definitely. but again it's luck Mm-hmm. So, nothing against the spirits. It would have been different had he not already been released, but we've already played them, so we want to get on to the other spirits that we haven't touched on. So, All right. I'm sure yours so is... So, there's your 11. Yep. It is now time for my 11. Grinning Trickster Stirs oh! Up Trouble is my 11. <sighs> Surprise, surprise, John. I have yet to play Finder. I forgot about that. Can you guess why I haven't? Because I always play Because f- you've always played <laughs> Finder. <laughs> Don't turn this on me. <laughs> it's my lollipop. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't mind. You were able to have the chance to really get some first impression love with Finder, and you wanted to like, oh man, I want to do this guy again. I'm like, go for it, go for it. 
this is a first world problem. I'm starting if to I feel bad. <laughs> no, not at all. You had something that really interested you, and you were really passionate about doing that character again and again. And I was more than happy to allow you to get your finder yeah. fix all those times. So. I do not count it anything. I am excited you. to see you play Finder. I'm excited for this. I'm excited for Finder. But sorry, Trickster. Let's go. Your number eleven was obviously shifting memory. Mine, grinning Trickster stirs up trouble. This guy, what a joker! He is our Deadpool. He is our guys. He is your comedic guy. Obviously, I know that he's not intending to be funny, and I know that he is the strife token user. That is what this guy is. When Branch and Claw came out, Eric said that he originally wanted there to be a spirit for each one of the four tokens that they introduced. Branch and Claw introduced four new tokens to the game. I shouldn't say the word new because they desired to have these tokens in the game when it came out. Well, but why weren't they? Because when you have a lot of cards, a lot of tokens, in real life, that costs a lot of money. Production costs are cheaper if you have less content in your game. And so they thought, well, if the game is successful enough, we could always just go and add this in later as an expansion. And if that's not the case, and that means we weren't successful, which means we never even made it that far, so it's not even really a problem. Anyway, so with Branch and Claw came four new kinds of tokens that all did pretty cool things. Beast Token was a third faction that was added to the game similar to Dahan, but still had its own uniquenesses. Then we had Wilds Tokens, which was a token that prevented exploration. We had Disease Tokens, which were a token that prevented building. And we had Strife, which was a token that helped to stop ravaging. So... They had four spirits for each of these four tokens. Not that other spirits are not allowed to use these brand new tokens, but they had in line, ready to go, people and spirits that really used one of these tokens in their gameplay style and clung to it. Sharp Fangs Behind the Leaves and Keeper of the Forbidden Wilds were the two that came in Branch and, Branch and Claw. And Grinning Trickster Stirs Up Trouble and Vengeance as a Burning Plague weren't quite ready yet. In fact, Vengeance as a Burning Plague was actually Shroud of Silent Mist. There was a disease spirit who was oh. both, and he felt that he was trying to do too much because there was the whole thing that Mist could do, there's a whole thing that Vengeance could do on their own, and it was too much, and he was kind of being pulled multiple directions until yeah. they split them up. Anyway, point being, the development cycle didn't quite reach conclusion by the time Branch and Claw came out, so we got two spirits but four new tokens. So Sharp Fangs obviously was the character that was Beast Tokens. Keeper of the Forbidden Wilds was the character that really did and dealt with Wilds Tokens. What does well, Trickster do? Grinning Trickster, who stirs up trouble, he is the Strife user. So, yes, there are other things besides Strife that he can use. He also uses beasts here and there. So, this guy looks very random. Now, yes, I know that he has a lot of value in the form of strife tokens that he is spitting everywhere. He is going to be someone who is surprisingly defensive. And the reason why is because strife tokens negates the damage that an individual invader will deal. And so that means that that guy is in effect blocking damage. His damage has been blocked. So it's different from a defend four or defend whatever card because that just blocks X amount of damage where X is a number that follows the word defend. Mm -hmm. Strife tokens simply negate one dude's damage completely. So this means that, in my opinion, Strife will be very good against Sweden who has yeah. their buildings increase damage. So towns do three damage and cities do four. Or is it five? Six. Is it? I think it's I, six. Is it really? I can't remember. 
Point being, more than their normal numbers. And I think that this Strife token... I mean, it's five. But... Strife tokens will be better against Sweden, I think, than standard defense cards. So that does have a use. That's very useful. Yeah, it's three and five. Towns do three damage and cities do five. Anyway... You're not saying he's not useful. I'm not saying he's not, not useful. useful. But he has things where he can add strife in a lot of places. He has this one innate power called Let's See What Will Happen, where he discards minor power cards from the top of the deck until you get one that targets a land. Then you just play the card, do what it says, and it gets played for free. Then, with a higher level of the same innate, you can actually keep that card. But point being, this is a character who will just play a random card without knowing what card he's about to play. And so... I think that's what drops him on the list for you. So you don't like memory for that reason either. So, just as a gamer, even as a human, I like to be prepared. I like to know what I'm getting myself involved with. I like to have consistency. I'm just a very prepared individual. Have you ever heard of the phrase, fortune favors a prepared mind? Yeah. Well, as an introvert and someone who's very shy, when I would enter social interactions, I would have to figure out how to talk to people. What would be a good way to just listen and observe and as a result of that, make a plan Mm. and then do my best to execute that plan to the best of my ability because I want to do the very best. In my life as a human, whether at work or just in real life, frankly, not just in board games, what I'm about to describe happens in board games as a symptom of just a characteristic of mine, but it also happens in real life, is when I do something, I really want to do it to the best of my ability. And to do something to the best of my ability, for me, the only way to do that consistently is to be prepared and to have consistency and play it safe. And this is a character who does not play it safe. This is a character <laughs> who is very random, and that is totally fine. This guy really does look fun in the random aspect. I can appreciate the humor in seeing what his powers are called, because when you look at some of these other powers in the game and how cool they sound, how grand, how intimidating, yeah. how scary, how not, epic. Not for Trickster. And then Flair for Discord. Cleaning up messes is a drag. Let's see what will happen. Why don't you and them fight? Over-enthusiastic arson. Incite the mob. Impersonate <laughs> authority. And unexpected tiger. I love that one. <laughs> unexpected. Oh, no. Uh, oh, gee. <laughs> There's a tiger. So this guy is funny. I know his purpose isn't to be comedy only, but there's always some guy that can make you smile because of their completely new approach. This guy is just simply a random, and not completely random, but seeing how he just discards a card from the top of the deck and just does what it says. Well, you have no idea what that's going to be unless you can have someone that can scry the top of the deck. So I am very excited to play as this guy. And yes, if it wasn't for Shifting Memory of Ages, Grinning Trickster Stirs Up Trouble would have been last. Yikes. But that's only because me as a human, I like to be prepared. And this guy does not. But what about in a game setting, you could be something different than you are in real life. Like, that's kind of cool. Like, I can embrace something different. We'll just say our lists are different. (laughs) Because this is a true. You are correct. Other people can have that angle and like, hey. I get to let loose. I get to experience something different. I just, whenever I play a game, even a video game, I always make my characters exactly like Mm. me as close as I can. Okay. But that's just me. That's what makes me feel enjoyment with my experiences. That's all. So I am not saying this guy can't be useful. I think he can be very useful. He has ridiculously high card play at five. That's a very respectable number. Strife is always 
always, always and useful. And he can move, which is really nice. He's going to be defending a lot. If you look at like the... Good to Han mover? Good to Han mover. He uses beasts. He uses strife. Strife, like I said, I think will be really good against Sweden. So I'm very excited to see that. I'm very excited to see how this guy plays. It's just... I am a prepared, very safe person in real life, and this guy is a very risky player, and that is fine. That I'm is totally realizing fun. these lists are really showing just who we are yeah, as people. Yeah, it's kind of fun to see what we like and appreciate yeah. and lean towards. Yep. Or... Yeah, that's totally fine. All right, so there you go. There's number 11. Now we are on to number 10. You start this one. I am, and I'm going to someday put Eric Summer out of the job. Anyway. Um... <laughs> number 10. <laughs> So for me, number 10, Stone's Unyielding Defiance. (laughs) (laughs) Her lists are so different. I know. Well, that's one of the reasons. What is (laughs) happening? So Stone's Unyielding Defiance. I think this guy. How are we friends? (laughs) (laughs) Opposites attract. So this might come as a surprise to you because this is basically our one dedicated defender from Jagged Earth. We already have three dedicated defenders in the base game. A unique defender. Very unique defender. And he does flip the whole aspect of defense on his head. Other people use defense and they can stop the damage or they can heal the damage that was done or can prevent various aspects of these invaders from ever happening. But this guy, he kind of flips, as Eric said himself, he flips the aspect of defense on its head. Not that he really stops the damage that's coming in. He's just not affected by the negative consequences that usually come with that incoming damage. What destroys presence in Spirit Island? Is blight. It, is it Blight? <laughs> is it Blight? So this guy, the reason why this guy is unique, the new things that this guy brings to the... T- oh, I forgot to... With Grinning Trickster, what new things does he bring to the table? That card mechanic. Discarding a card and doing it. Strife already exists. But utilizes strife. Yeah, we, did, we just we just had else. we hadn't had our strife user. It's yet. the random like pick up a minor card. Yeah, That's just very the different. random, just the yeah. random aspect. That's what Trickster brought to the table. What does Stone bring that's completely new? What's completely new is this guy can survive blight like nobody else can. Now there are other people like Wildfire who have some resistances to Blight, but it's not 100% immunity. He's just immune to all aspects of Blight, except for natural Blight, by cascading effects from another spirit that maybe put it on, that kind of thing, he's fine. Mm -hmm. But this guy, so long as the presence he has in a certain land is not outnumbered by a Blight that's coming in, the Blight does not destroy any presence whether and? it's yours or others, but what else? nor does it cascade. Huge. Which is really interesting. This means that you can let something blight even though you don't have any defense there. It's not that you are ignoring what's happening. It's just the consequences don't apply to you. Now, it's going to be difficult because you want to make sure that you keep Dahan alive because that's you that's staying alive, not Dahan. Mm. Oh, wait. He has one of the most ridiculous cards I have ever seen in my life, which is his only fast card. Yes, I know both of his innates are fast. But he has this one card called Stubborn Solidity. And when I saw this card, I was like, what? Some people have cards similar. Right. This card simply says, defend one per Dahan and target land. But Dahan and target land cannot be changed. And I saw that word, changed. What in the world does changed mean? 
And then it says, when they would be damaged, destroyed, removed, replaced, or moved, don't. This blew my mind. Yeah. We've had people that give extra health to Dahan. We've had people that just prevent all damage dealt to Dahan before, but they literally have infinite health. They cannot be damaged. Unchanged. And, and the loophole of, oh, they weren't taking damage, it just says destroy Dahan. Even if you gave Dahan additional health, the destroy Dahan loophole would still work because the word didn't say you damaged them with X damage. It says you destroyed them regardless of how much health they have. But no, this one blocks that because whenever they would be damaged, nope, they can't take damage. Mm. Whenever they would be destroyed, nope, they can't be destroyed. If ever they would be removed, no, there would be some things in the game, maybe like an event or a fear card that says remove Dahan here or there. That can't happen. So if you have someone doing a tsunami, quick, protect those people so that the Dahan don't die. So removing is blocked by this card, but they can't be replaced either. This means that when they do certain cards that convert Dahan into explorers, that's not going to happen. True. It can't happen. They cannot be converted. Furthermore, they can't be moved, which is, I think, that's going to happen more often than we might think. Where, oh, sorry, I wanted to move that guy, but you can't. That's fine, but yep. they can't be moved. So this means that what if you played this card when Keeper made a sacred site? They can't, they can't move. They can't move. I'm saying that the fact that they can't move might not seem very big on paper. But there's going to be times here and there where it's going to be like, whoa, I didn't think about this. And you will be forced into a situation that you didn't think about because of this card. Either way, this is a guy that... We haven't even talked about the innates where he uses their oh, damage against them. That is so cool. This guy is a counterattacker. Yeah. When I think of counterattackers in this game, I think of Vengeance, I think of Stone, and I think of Keeper. So this guy is very interesting in the fact that he doesn't care how much damage is coming in. Because regardless of how much damage is dealt, unless you're dealing with Sweden? Who's the one that adds extra blight? It is Sweden. I think it's Sweden. Yep. So long as it's not Sweden, and Sweden on that high difficulty, 200 damage gives you the exact same effect as 100 damage, as much as 20 damage. One blight or is two still damage. one or yeah. two damage, because it's still one blight. But seeing how this guy is not affected by one blight, so long mm -hmm. as he has a presence or two presence, he doesn't really care about people attacking where he is at. Now, he has this awesome innate called Let Them Break Themselves Against Stone. This one's cool. Which is cool. Which is, first off, if you don't have enough elements, it's just after invaders ravage in your land, you deal two damage back to them. Now, luckily, this guy has, if I'm not mistaken, every single thing he does gives him earth elements. Yep. <laughs> And his card play track should really be renamed his Earth Element track because... Well, isn't it kind of cool he can get card plays from both tracks? This guy is very interesting. In a way, he functionally has three tracks. He has a Earth track, <laughs> a card play track, and an energy gain track, which is kind of interesting. He simply has all the things we described intermingled on all of his tracks. But the bottom track, which is usually one for card plays, is filled with one two, three, four, five, five earth elements. And then one of those, he can get any other element, so that's actually six. Then he has a growth option that gets him an earth, so he can theoretically get to seven without playing any cards. Now this guy has, at maximum, 
two, three, four, five cards. Oh, oh, never mind. That is decent card play. <laughs> so yeah, this guy is going to have plenty of earth elements. So you're going to get your let them break themselves against stone innate pretty well. All the starting anyway, cards have earth as the well. The cool part, which I for some reason haven't described yet, is instead of counterattacking for just two damage, you can counterattack for X damage where X is equal to half of the damage that the invaders just did rounded down. Which is absolutely insane, because if you have the maximum innate, you can repeat this power. Which means you can do it in another land, or you can do it again in the same, in land. The same land. So you remember how we said it's half rounded down? In effect, it's actually just equal. Because yeah. if you do it twice, it's one half and one half. 50% two times, which means to 100. I realize it's not going to be a completely 100 on odd number damage because you have to round down each time. Still does a lot of damage. But still, it's a lot of damage. So this is someone who can A, survive big attacks. So you can go and have Finder, for instance, collect everyone in one big spot. Stone goes there. They do a ton of damage. That's fine. One blight. And just immediately reflect that back at them, which is insane. Then just completely wipe them out. This kind of counterattacking is something that we have never seen before. So how did this drop lower on the list? So there's one more thing that he can do, which is new, and that's just with his cards and with his other innate, whenever Blight would be added to the board, instead of taking it from the Blight card, you take it from the box. Mm. Furthermore, if he's the one to heal it, it doesn't go back to the Blight card, it goes back to the box. So one of those is very good, one of those is very bad. They cancel out, in my opinion. I'm going to talk more about this mechanic someday when we get to our analysis. Okay. So what does this guy bring to the table? Ridiculously strange aspect of defense, which is ignoring the consequences and immediately reflecting it back at the attackers. So why is he so low? Why is he so low, especially for someone like me who loves my defenders? Yeah, you might, I'm surprised. You, you, I'm thinking that you may have thought this was a surprise. Oh, I was, <laughs> I was floored. I thought I had you pegged. Yeah. I thought I'm he curious, was going to be higher. Higher? Oof, easy top six. I thought to top, top half for sure. So uh-huh. the reason why he is at number 10 for me is because... Because you like Vital Strength of the Earth. I do love Vital Strength of the Earth. In my opinion, what this guy does is extremely cool, and I cannot wait to do it. But it's not so ridiculously different that it's something that I must play immediately because it's so different that I have to go. I can understand not destroying your presence when a blight happens. Why? Because I've done that already with Wildfire. Sure, not in the exact same. It's different. But I've literally placed a cascading blight on my presence and nothing happened because I'm immune to that. So the kind of thing that he does, I feel as if isn't different enough that it is so crazy that I must experience it first. I'm really excited to try it. I cannot wait to use this guy. He's a big boy. I love how on his art, he's like, I love the artwork. He's like, he's shaking his fist. He looks so stern. I I feel like he's pounding the ground. I know. know. (laughs) Something about it is kind of oafish and cute. You're just like, he he reminds me of Geodude. Like, look at his face. He kind of looks like an old grumpy man from the 40s who you just ran over his newspaper on your bicycle. Get off my lawn. Get off my lawn. And I know he's not supposed to be kind of oafish and cute. Anyway, that's a tangent. That is my number 10, Stone's Unyielding Defiance. Super interesting character that I can't wait to get to that flips the aspect of defense on his head, but not so crazy different that it beckons me to play him first, second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth, or ninth. Okay. But (laughs) 10. Close. All right. What is your number 10? Number 10? Do you have any guesses? 
No, so you've done finder and shifting. So this is your this is truly, so this is like where the, where the this list is starts. your caboose. This is what your do you caboose. think is my caboose? Oh man, oh man. Um, do you think it you're was putting me on the spot? Do you think it was volcano spot. looming high? I actually, I was about to say, I think it could be volcano because it is. It is, is volcano it really? looming high again. This has nothing to talk about someone's power or where I think they would land on a tier list. Okay, so when you add a presence, you must be into a, a mountain mm-hmm. on the board. So yeah. for me, that doesn't thrill me. I like people that yeah. can be mobile. I know you like mobile people. I do. And this guy not only is not mobile, but he has restrictions where he can go. Restrictions. And also one thing I'm not the biggest fan of is not doing much during the game, but then one big play yeah. of explosive eruption, which is one of the Now, enemies. he doesn't have to play that way. I think that will be some of the fun with Volcano Looming High mains is when you do that. Are you a player that likes to do one big one? Or one playing a game where it's actually better for you to do smaller ones more often. Because you can destroy your own presence. Right. For damage. Right. But, and to generate fear. But this is a character who can get them back. This is the second Very person cool. that can get them back. So far, totally only green. Yeah. Only green has been able to do that naturally. Yes, there are other cards in the major power deck. I actually don't think there's any miners that do it. Right. Yet. But there are major powers that let you get destroyed presence back. But the only spirit that can do that naturally is green. And then enter down, volcano. Uh, volcano looming high yeah. and downpour attention to the world. And now we have some more characters that can do it. Sorry. No, I, no, I realized I, I interrupted I wanna, you. I'm no, like, let's no, no, keep, you, you talk, keep you conversing. Talk. I don't want to put words in your mouth. I think this spirit will be cool on the thematic side. Oh. Doesn't that sound cool? Of just like, oh. here is the volcano. Because if you right. play the thematic side, all the mountains are in the middle of the islands. I didn't think about Wouldn't that. that be, so I think there's so many cool ways to play this. But when I'm thinking of gameplay experience... I don't like being limited. Oh. Yeah, I want to do that. I didn't think about that. When it's that. Our, my 10th time yeah. playing. No, yeah, <laughs> really. When it's getting to that. <laughs> I like the card plays. I'm still trying to figure out whether I like Badlands or not. I don't know if you want to get into that. Or yeah, explain. and Badlands is also something that Stones and Yielding Defiance can do. I just didn't really talk about it because as a whole, I was going to discuss... Kind we can of, do that later. Yeah, and I was simply going to do that later. That's all. But yes, you are correct. Volcano Looming High does... Adds Badlands. Bad yep. And I'm kind of nervous. I shouldn't say nervous. It is definitely a token that is meant to be used intently. Okay. Not in abundance. Because that's a lot of bonus damage you're yeah. putting on your poor Dahan. A lot of bonus and damage. And I, I like using Dahan. I yeah. like pushing them around. That gives and satisfaction. Them, yeah, I like them fighting my battles and defending mm-hmm. for them. I know the spirits don't always care about the Dahan right. and stuff, but right. something about me of just like, I want these guys to survive. I always feel right. bad when we lose a Dahan. I know, I feel as if I like let them down because they believe in us. That's yeah. what presence is, right? Mm-hmm. Them having belief in us. Right. And then like, and then like well, like sometimes people are just like, oh, let them die. I'm just like, no. And then, and then, there, then there's Ocean, Keeper, and Fangs. I don't care. <laughs> well, spirits I don't like, often play. Oh, it's true. I don't really make that connection. Now, Fangs, he can live in concert with them. Keeper, I hate humans. Mm-hmm. All humans, they must die. He's the ultimate get off my lawn. <laughs> <laughs> Punish those who trespass. Boom. He literally pushes them out when they build he a sacred site. So, Volcano Looming High. Definitely yeah. can be huge damage, I think. Like, yeah. big damage. The thing that's cool that he adds to the game that's new. A, someone who can only go somewhere that's on the board. Yes, Ocean. Similar ocean to Ocean. Can, similar to Ocean. So, yeah, well, like Ocean, he can only go somewhere else. I think Ocean can go to more places. 
well, just one one place per board. But then can also go into the coast. Like, ocean and the coast. Oh, that's true. You know? Gotcha. This can literally be in mountain, it says. Yeah. <laughs> Add only So maybe mountain. you're right. Maybe that is something new. At least ocean can go to two places. Oceans <laughs> and coastal lands. <laughs> this guy can only, only go onto mountains. Another thing that's new is how this guy reaches his targets. He reaches his targets by going to another mountain and then boosting his own range. Mm-hmm. Not by moving there or getting someone else to moving his presence for him. He just boosts his own range. And that's something I think is pretty cool. And it's going to be easy for him to go to mountains because he can add a presence for away. Right. When I is... saw the add a presence for away, I was like, what? That's crap. Only oh, mountains. Because he needs to go and be like, boom, get to that other mountain. Which means this guy is going to be unhindered by the archipelago setup. Mm. He can easily get to any other spot. Or just well, even playing regularly, you can like get over to across the island yeah. pretty quickly. This guy can really spike his presence tracks and then blow up his presence and use that destroyed presence as damage. That's something that's pretty cool. Explosive eruption, the oh highest yeah. tier that you can reach sounds crazy. Oh my goodness. And every land within range 2 you get to do like 14 damage. In every land within range 2 of where it originates, 14 damage. Which is just insane. 14 damage in multiple lands? But then you have to add Blight. Oh, I know. You add Blight. You definitely add Blight. But, I mean, that's like calling down a meteor. Yeah. And just board wiping an entire board. This right here, guys, is like Briny Deep on speed dial. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I know. He can't do it every single time. He has to build up to it. But, like, before, Briny Deep was, like, a big, massive thing that board wipes... Most expensive well, just card actually, in the game. It actually removes a board, but that was, like, a one-use only mm-hmm. if you do elemental, its, its yeah. elemental threshold thing. And it's only something you can do if you find it. Here is something he can build himself up to, which is pretty cool. So, he's very cool, very powerful. I just yep. don't like that play style. And it comes... Yeah. That's uh, fine. It just simply very boils neat. down to that. It's, it boils nice. That up. I think it's cool that all the rock people in this game, all of their growth options, with some exceptions now, almost all of them have just one growth option. You can only pick one at a time, mm-hmm. but pretty much every single one of them gets you a presence. Earth, literally every single one of them gets you a presence. Shifting memory, every single one gives you a presence except for his energy spiking one. I think he's going to be rich too. I think so. When you reclaim, you get six energy. Six energy when you reclaim. That's a lot. So I am excited for this guy. Me too. And that... Again, we're excited for all of them. Yep, we are excited for all of them. That is your number 10, Volcano Looming High. On to number nine. Number nine. Number nine. And you are leading us off, I believe. I like to pretend I have a deep voice. Yeah. <laughs> Number. Yeah, John is like a mesotenor. I am. Hello. <laughs> but hey, that's fine. Number nine. Ooh, this is fun. Ooh, wait. Should I try to guess? <laughs> you can try. I don't think you... I really think the middle is going to be difficult. Yeah. I think the middle is going to be difficult, and I think the number one, the first place guy, and the last place guy might be easy. So if it's not Volcano... Oh, wow. Um, Yeah, it could be anything, really. Lure of the Deep Wilderness. Lure? I I I don't hate any of these spirits. I felt so bad making this list. I felt bad. I felt bad. It's like, no, no, I love you. Because just now, five seconds ago, I'm looking at my list, and I'm trying to figure out who your next guy is. And I was like, 
oh, it could be Lure. I'm like, no, I thought John really liked Lure. I or sorry, I was like, I, really? I do. It's one of those things. It reminds me a lot of Ocean. Wow. Well, yeah, he's anti-Ocean. And the opposite of Ocean. So yeah. what, and you were mentioning just like bringing new things to the game. It's just like, this seems very similar. So yeah. I kind of have an idea, you know, you're very stuck in the inlands and then you're right. obviously luring invaders in. Lure of Deep Wilderness. I also wasn't thrilled about how long it takes to get rid of invaders. Yeah. You got to break them down. It does. He does have to break them down and then eventually slowly get rid of them over the course he, of time. He has a Nates where he replaces one dude with a dude. And we've seen downgrading done before with the major power like Winds of Rust and Atrophy. Yeah. But we've also seen it with Crops Wither and Fade. But now we have another guy that does that. To a grander scale of replacing you know town with two explorers and then mm. cities with three explorers and you get to repeat the power one thing i wonder if we're going to lose out on fear generation mm. from that i don't know i know one of his cards gives fear mm. and one of his innates also gives fear but like sometimes when you want to destroy a big cluster right you just need a lot of damage you, there you need a lot of damage and then you get all this fear generation but if you're just destroying explorers and i think he's gonna be great with lightning yeah or you raging storm one damage each invader like i think there you go the yep. combos are gonna be great but we can get to that quick end game. Yeah. Because you need fear to win the game. What's really interesting about this guy for me, it does seem really interesting that he is someone who is all about the inner lands. Yes. Not the coast, just the inland lands. This guy really cares about the inland lands. And to me, that's kind of cool with the mystery. He looks like an anglerfish. Yeah. As far as like, oh, yeah, he has the that artwork is so cool. I do really like this artwork. I, I love think it's the art. pretty awesome if I don't say so myself. Yeah. I like the art on his cards too. Oh yeah, I think so too. I think now we can see the artwork. It does remind me a lot of Rampant Greens. But here's the thing that's super interesting about this guy for me is that look at his innates. The elements that are used are almost completely different. Yeah. Which means you're not going to be, unless you have a ton of card plays at the end game, you're not really going to be triggering both. these both at the same time. Can it be done? Probably. Probably. If someone gives you Power Storm or Elemental Boon, you can probably do it. Mm -hmm. Or you have Shifting Memory on the team. But you, you can probably do you it. You might have to pick and choose which but one. But you're going to have to make a plan to bring them in and then do Never that. Never heard Which from is again. fine. It's just, it shows you that this guy's pretty slow. But what new things he adds, do you remember how Stones and Yielding Defiance, in a way, was able to ignore Blight, with some exceptions? He gets to ignore... He gets to ignore explorers during the Ravage step and any Ravage actions. That's going to be two? really interesting. For each presence he has in the land, you get to ignore two explorers. So if you have a sacred site... So if you have a sacred site, that becomes four. Yeah. This is going to be someone who doesn't mind having three, four, five presence in a land. You only really see that with players like Thunderspeaker. And in her case, it's because her damage equates to... But what do explorers do? They build. They build. It's, they not, like they build. Do, it's not like they just do nothing right. after their... But you ignore them. Yeah. Except during the build seven build actions. You're right. For damage, you get to completely ignore them. Yeah. Enthrall the foreign explorers. That's what this ability is called. That's one of his special rules that we were speaking of. Yeah. And that is one that at first has a very specific value to me, but maybe it has some pretty interesting ramifications in its execution. I am kind of encouraged oh, very, to see that. Yeah, I'm very curious. And we don't know what like minor and major powers we're yeah. going to be getting to that also can complement it. Mm -hmm. But when I was just thinking of gameplay, see, Ocean can just swallow things up. Yep. So you can really destroy pretty quickly yeah. with Ocean. Even a city, yeah. it can drown. Mm -hmm. So like getting things off the board is easy for ocean than i think for lure 
Yeah. Lure. Lure. Yep. Lure. 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 The way that various people say different words. Roof. Roof. That mm. thing on top of your house. It's called a pillow. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> no one likes that guy. Don't be that guy. <laughs> no, okay. Milk. Oh, no. Milkshake. 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 <laughs> so, again, I don't hate the spirits. I'm sure. su- like, super excited. I think could be very unique and fun to play. Just, like, just breaking down. Again, just the theme of it all. Right. Of just, like, luring people away and changing challenges into explorers is cool. Mm-hmm. What's really interesting for me with him is that every single thing he does, every ability and every card, except for one, is range zero. Mm-hmm. You have every to Every single one. This is a character, I think, whose gameplay radically changes if someone played Reaching Grasp on him. Mm. Because then your range changes. Plus sure, two. all of your things need to be inland, but you get plus different range. I really think that this guy could be pretty fun if you have range buffing cards Enter in Volcano Looming High, who he has a card called Boon of the Mountain's Fire, which allows you to increase your range if that person plays a power of theirs originating from a mountain. Its range can be increased. So, to me, that means that if Lure of Deep Wilderness has a presence on a mountain, he can use one of his stuff and have his stuff increased by one. Yeah. Sure, it's not the craziest range oh, it helps. thing, but it's going to be something that's pretty interesting. Already, I can think of combos that this guy could be... Even strong. within the cards he has, where right. you can gather to explore two towns, two beast tokens, or two to Han. Softly beckon ever inward, yes. I believe it's called. But then look at Swallowed by the Wilderness, one damage per token. And that's a lot of tokens. And it, this guy does spawn. Spawn them. Spawn them and can gather beast tokens. Right. And let's not forget that Badlands already is a damaging kind of token already. So so the damage. This guy does use a lot of tokens. Like if you look at the tokens he uses, he uses Badlands, Wilds, Beasts, and Disease. He uses all of them except for Strife and Dahan. Although I think this guy could be very Dahan friendly. I'd say so. Yeah. Yeah. This guy could be very Dahan. And definitely can utilize him, push, gather them. I think if this guy gets some defend cards and this guy gets some, maybe some Dahan stuff. Look, he has two of his cards have to do with Dahan manipulation already. Just get him some defend cards. I think you could pull off some pretty cool Dahan tricks with this guy. I think. And defend cards come up all the time in the minor deck. I think Lure of Deep Wilderness could be a Dark Horse character. Okay. And by Dark Horse character, I mean, look at what he can do. I think he has the ability to do something really unique that you weren't expecting him to do because of the way that this ability here shook out to that ability there that you didn't think about. I keep comparing Deep Wilderness to Ocean. I think that's the yep. problem. And Ocean's like this I would, fear would like generator to, and I would love to play those two together. Yeah. I'll make a deal with you. We'll do a two-player game where I'm Lure and you're Ocean. I'll make a deal with you. We'll make an episode about it afterwards. Hey, oh, there we go. <laughs> but, uh, alrighty, so there is your... Number nine. What's your number nine? Enter Finder of Paths Unseen. (laughs) (laughs) So, Finder. It's going to be kind of interesting when we go through this list because whenever we get to someone new, we're going to talk about them a lot. And then the other guy might mention someone we've already talked about a lot. But it's okay. We have talked a little bit already about Finder. So I haven't heard your opinion on Finder. So, I think that Finder is And I've seen this, I've seen him demonstrated, not because I've played as him, but because I've played with him multiple times now. I think Finder of Pazin's scene can be critically useful to a team. 
seeing just how useful his degree of control is, is so crazy awesome. The biggest reason why he's number nine for me, I am intimidated by this guy. Now, I, understand, I, I can admit that once I play as him multiple times, I can probably be just fine. It's just, there's a lot happening, and I feel as if... Is it the zero damage? I And also, it's not no that defense I, It's cards. not that I have to be damaging, but the fact that I'm definitely discouraged from doing so makes me feel uneasy. But hey, this guy's only number nine. He's not 12. No, I know. I can see the usefulness that this guy has. It's just this guy has a lot going on. And my play style, I don't really do controllers too often. I feel as if I've had really good games with controllers, but all these controllers that I've played as also did other things as well. So I really like Fangs. I feel as if he is a control person in a way. With good damage. But he has damage. damage. Yeah. I would say that he is, he is control, fear, and damage. Thunderspeaker would be control and damage and maybe some defense. I would say that River, she is a little bit of everything. So she's control, but she also has team utility. She also has damage. So I can focus on other things while not having to be completely consumed by one thing. I think the two biggest reasons why Finder scares me is because, first off, he is someone who looks very complex and very high IQ to play. Every turn takes time. Yeah. And you know me, it takes me time to really calculate what I want to do. I think this is someone I can do very well once I get enough practice with him. I'm just saying I think it'll take me some time to do so. Yeah. So reason one is he looks very complex. But that's fine because I feel as if I can really tackle this guy just fine. And after a game or two, I can be pretty useful with him. The second biggest reason why is because this guy is pegged, pegged (laughs) in one thing. Breaking the roof. Breaking the roof. And me as a human being, I am a advocate for the following statement, which many people only know the first bit of, the first half of this statement, but not a lot of people know about the second half. And that is, jack of all trades, master of none, but better than a master of one. It implies that knowing a little about a lot of things is actually better than knowing a lot about one thing. And I think that this guy represents that statement very well. I would rather have someone who does a little bit in a lot of areas versus someone who can do a lot in one area. Mm -hmm. That's all. So I'm excited to take on this challenge. I'm excited to see what he can do. But it's just not going to be the first experience that I myself will chase down and find. And with that, we are out of time. I will conclude with our number nine. So our number 12 for me, Shifting Memory of Ages. For you, Finder Paths Unseen. 11s for me, Trickster. You, Memory. 10s for me, Stone. You, Volcano. And number nine, you, Lure. And me, Finder. So I am... We've got some interesting ones left. I know. I can't (laughs) wait to see how... I was already surprised by a lot of these. And I can't wait. The only ones that we have crossover with, we have Finder and Shifting Memory. And that's kind of because of the print and play fiasco that we talked about. But besides that, yeah, your two other ones were Lure and Volcano. Mine were Trickster and Stone. 
So completely different. I'm very excited, truly, actually, to go and continue this. But that will have to be something that we do next time. Until that next time, guys, let me know what your hype lists are. If you haven't gotten the game yet and you're still thinking about who you want to play as, totally let us know yeah, what it is. We're interested. And if you already have the game, who did you play first and why? I'd love to hear about that. So until next time, we will see you guys later. See you guys. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Kindred Spirit Podcast. We appreciate you taking the time to do so. Feel free to visit us on our Instagram and Facebook page. You can find me on our Facebook page at The Kindred Spirit Podcast. To get a hold of John, check out our Instagram page at the KSP123. We look forward to hearing from you and seeing you in future episodes.